Amen. Listen, are you ready to pray? Can we get some hand claps, some fire, some excitement? If you love Jesus, come on and say, listen, I love Jesus. We're so excited. We're about to pray and we're about to jump into today's teaching. Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We declare you are worthy. You are such a good, good God. And we are so incredibly thankful that you are our God. We are so thankful that we are saved. We are thankful for Jesus. We are thankful that we are redeemed into the family of God. We are so thankful to be filled with your Holy Spirit and you lead and guide us into all truth. We are so thankful for your written word. We are so so thankful that you speak to us, you lead us, you guide us, you direct us, you correct us, you stretch us so that your will can be done in our lives. We are so thankful for Fellowship of Champions, this body of believers that you have ordained for such a time as this in order to be a part of your global kingdom work. And we thank you for all of our partners. And we just stand on the word that says that anytime we can see, hear, and understand, we shall be converted and we shall be healed. And we declare that today is that day. We declare that our ears are open to mm. hear. Our eyes are open to see. Our heart is open to understanding. We do not have a stony heart that pushes away the word we receive with expectation and we thank you for all you have done in our lives it is already done in jesus name amen 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 listen i want to get into the guiding word just real quick and you know i don't know that you have it printed out anywhere you may not uh if i had if i was thinking ahead of time uh i would have told you to print out the guiding word and to get a highlighter because there's a couple of things I want you to highlight or to be aware of in the guiding word. Uh, and I may come back another day and do it again and, and tell you uh, what, what to highlight in case you don't have it with you. Because I believe that what God gave us in this guiding word was so uh, prerequisite to what we're going to talk about today, that there are certain things that he says to us that I want to highlight because when we start talking about what we're going to talk about today, you're going to see that everything God has been doing has been to, to, to change our mindset and to change our language and to change our thinking because he desires for us to live in all that he's prepared for us. Amen. 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 And so let's take a look uh, at our guiding word. Uh, it starts off by saying this. It says, I am your father in covenant, and I declare unto you. Here's a part I would love for you to highlight. That there has been a shift in the realm of the spirit. Amen. There has been a shift. If I was in church, I'd make you say out loud, there's been a shift. There has been a shift in the realm of the spirit. It says, in these future days are the days I have long prepared for you. Here's another highlight. The supernatural shall increase in every arena of your life. You got to receive that right now. The supernatural, the thing that God wants to do that can only be done by him is, is increasing as we speak Amen. in our lives. It says, so prepare yourselves for I have opened heaven's gates wide for you. Here's another highlight. And those who believe, and those who will receive, right? We got to be a believer and a receiver. He says, I'll begin to perform mighty acts on their behalf. It says, there will be an increase in angelic assistance. 
there will be an increase of the miraculous and my glory shall, that's a word that, that's not, that, that means it will happen, right? right? That's a legal term. You taught me that. And my glory shall manifest in different ways. So prepare yourselves for you'll be unable to explain it. My mighty works will be at hand and they will be marvelous. Praise God. Here's Amen. another highlight. Stay calm. No matter what you notice happening in the world, you ought to go ahead and put that in the comment section. Say, stay calm. This is this is what God is telling us. Stay calm. There's a reason he's telling us to stay calm. There's a reason he's telling us that his supernatural is going to increase. There's a reason why he's telling us uh, that that there's been a shift in the, in the spirit. There's a reason why he's telling us we got to be a believer and a receiver. He says, I've got you. Praise I God. Got you. I got you. He says, and all shall be well. I decided long ago that this time shall appear a time for my glory to be near. If we were highlighting, here's another highlight. So as you walk, do it with joy and peace. That sounds like instruction. He says, as you walk, I want you to walk with joy and I want you to walk with peace. That word peace is the word shalom. It means to walk as though nothing is missing and that nothing is broken. It says, for my supernatural will escort you through the heat. If you had your uh, guiding word printed out, I'd have you to highlight that whole section. So as you walk, do it with joy and peace for my supernatural will escort you through the heat. That word heat is anything like pressure or trouble. Anytime that's coming, God says, listen, my supernatural is going to be the one escorting you, showing you where to go in the midst of all of this trouble. It then says you'll not have to worry about defeat. Praise God. For my supernatural will escort you even through the battle. And you will not have to be concerned about the financial problems that will be forecast. And I went back and I looked at this on the plane last night and I was thinking, he didn't say we were going to have financial problems. He That's said the financial said. problems that will be what? Forecast. Forecast. What the world is talking about. He said, don't even trip. Don't be concerned about those. He says, for my supernatural will provide you both seed and bread. So his supernatural is going to be increasing in our lives there's a reason for it, and we're going to talk about why that reason is happening. And then lastly, he says this, and I would have you to highlight this. He says, remember my covenant with you. Remember my covenant with you. He says, I'm your father and you are my children. And now it is time for you. Here's another highlight to see. It's, somebody ought to put in the comments, it's time to see. It's time to see. It's time to see the full benefits of me being your God. I think about that scripture in Romans. It says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. So it is time for us to awaken to what God has already done for us. It says to see the full benefits of me being your God. For my supernatural is what? Now, now at hand. hand. It's not coming. It's, it's not going to be down the road. His supernatural is now. He says, so therefore, learn to welcome it, learn to walk in it, learn to have faith in it, and then rejoice in it as I, your father of covenant, remember, escorts you into what? Victory. And so today we want to talk about living in victory. 
Living in victory. Living in victory and understanding that it is already done. It's already done. Everybody put in the comments, um, I'm shifting now. I'm shifting. I'm shifting now. I'm shifting now. So we want to talk to you about something. And, you know, we have a lot of notes, but we really just were saying that this is an important conversation to have um, because God loves us so much that he wants us to receive everything he has prepared for mm -hmm. us. He loves us so much. God is not withholding good from us. No, not at all. God is not withholding good from us. God loves us so much that he wants us to be able to receive. Now, while God wants us to be able to receive, he also has a system for how we receive. And that system, this kingdom system, is, the, is faith. We are supposed to live by faith. Now, one of the interesting things, you guys know we did a long teaching on faith. You should go back and watch it. But one of the things that is so important to understand that we talk about is that faith is now. Faith does not believe God is going to do something. Faith believes that God has already done what he said. In fact, I said to Edwin, the only thing that it is actually scriptural to say that God is going, going to, to do, do is Jesus is going to return. Yes. But everything that was given to us when Jesus went to the cross was abused, mistreated, beat, died and got up. And he said, it is finished. And I have given you all power that we are to treat that as already done. Now, there are scriptures that support that. There is a scripture in 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1 and 3. Are you going to go to your part about those? You're going to go straight to 2 Peter? That's fine. Yeah, because God loves us so much, he wants us to receive. Okay. So 2 Peter, it says, according to his divine knowledge, he has given us. He, you should underline that he has given us mm -hmm. all things that pertain to life and godliness. Say this in the comments. It's already mine. It says he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness <clears throat> through the knowledge of us. He has called us into glory and to virtue. Right now, in order for God to allow us to be able to receive what he has for us, he has to make some correction in our thinking and we have to be open to the correction that God is making in our thinking. And this is the thing we were really, really talking about is that there are things that we say that really come from what we believe because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. So when we talk about getting out of debt and we say, God is going to get me out of debt. God is going to get me a new job. God is going to turn my marriage around. The reality of it is, is that when we are using that type of language, we are not in faith because faith believes that it has already freely been given to us. It is already given to us, right? Now, Proverbs 15 and 32 tells us something in the NIV. It tells us something really interesting. It says those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds corrections gains understanding. So when God is really shifting us into a place of understanding that everything that Jesus did on the cross 
is already done. That means he has to discipline us. He has to correct us. He has to chastise us to say, I know you love me. I know you're well-meaning, but your language is actually out of sync with heaven. In the Passion Translation, it says, accepting constructive criticism opens your heart to the path of life, making you right at home among the wise. So when we accept the criticism, like, because you're like, you may be feeling like, well, when I say, you know, God is going to, I don't mean that he hasn't already done it, except we know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and language matters. It says, so when we accept the criticism, it opens our heart to the path of life. Well, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, right? And so then in Hebrews 12 and 7, it tells us, as you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is not disciplined by its father? Guys, this is so important because really, in order for us to receive everything that's in the God word, in order for us to receive all of the exceeding great and precious promises that God has for us, we have to be willing to be corrected. We have to be willing to be pruned to say that even though we love Jesus and even though we're well intended, that there are things that we are saying that really do come from a misconception of what we believe that actually, even though we think we're in faith, we're actually not in faith. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and so I want to I want to go back to Proverbs 15, 32 in the passion, because one of the things that I want you to understand why we're teaching what we're teaching this morning has to do with the fact that it's not that you don't love God and it's not that you have been intentional uh, about saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. One of the things that Pastor Cynthia uh, shared with us this past week which I think resonated with everyone in the room. She said that she even has to take time to go back and check her language in her prayer life. And I think that's extremely important for us as believers to be able to allow God to correct us. While we're on this path and while we're on this journey, allowing God to uh prune us. The Bible says it like this. The Bible says that every tree that is pruned is pruned so it can bear more fruit, right? And we know God wants us to be fruitful, okay? So if you look at what Pastor John was reading in Proverbs 15, 32, look at the first part of this that she read. It said, accepting constructive criticism. And anytime, anytime, hear me, anytime that God is correcting you, it is never correcting you for the purpose of diminishing who you are. It is never that reason. If God corrects you, it is because he wants to prune you in such a way that you will be better as a result of his chastening. It's the reason that it is, it's, she used a scripture in Hebrews to talk about what child isn't disciplined by his father. There is no child uh, who lives an undisciplined life and grows up to be a disciplined adult. If they are undisciplined as a child, they will be undisciplined as an adult. And so God doesn't want us to be his children who are undisciplined. And so it says in Proverbs 15, 32, it says, accepting correct constructive criticism opens your heart to the path of life. OK, it opens your heart up to, to the abundant life, the overflowing life. 
making you right at home, not among fools, but among who? The, the wise. wise. But look at the second part of this, okay? Because here's the warning of this. It says refusing constructive criticism, re refusing God's chastening, refusing God's correction, even over a manner of like your language, okay? Mm -hmm. Refusing that shows, now watch this, that you have zero or no interest in doing what? Improving, Improving your, your life. life. It says for revelation, and we talked about there's four things you need to walk in any truth, and revelation is one. For revelation, insight, right? How does it come? It only comes as you accept what? Correct. Correction. And the wisdom that that correction brings. So that's why Pastor Sean was saying to you that sometimes we have what's called misconceptions. And when we have misconceptions, if those misconceptions are not dealt with, they will infiltrate every area of our life. And so one of the things that our spiritual parents spent time talking to us about, which is why we came back in such a hurry and said, we don't have three, four weeks to get all this together. God, we just going to let you need to just speak to us as we speak to our people, because as we go into 2024, we can't go in with these misconceptions. Right. And so one of the things we wanted to talk about this morning is this idea of what is a misconception? What is a misconception and why are they so harmful to us? Uh, and for us. And I'm going to give you a really quick example, then I give you a definition. Here's a misconception. A misconception that people can have is the one my wife talks about all the time when she said either her teacher told her when she was younger, when it came to doing greater than or less than, she told me that, that. the symbol always went left to right with the big side opening in the small side closed. She told us no that. matter which way the, the numbers were. She said okay? it was Pac-Man. She said it was like Pac-Man and that the mouth was always supposed to be That's going that said. way. Now, if a teacher told her that, and I'm not saying she did. Whether, so then don't say if. Okay. Say whether, whether a teacher told her <laughs> or anybody that, right? Or if someone heard it that way, <laughs> that, that misconception when it is held becomes truth to them. But because it becomes truth to them, it can create erroneous erroneous results in certain situations. As long as some situations apply to that misconception, that misconception was fine. But when something showed up where the numbers weren't that way, then the misconception caused faulty results, right? And so when we talk about misconceptions, let me just. I spent a lifetime getting them wrong. Yes. I did. I spent yes. a life. No, I spent a lifetime getting them wrong because we got them all right in her class. Because she wrote them that way. Because she wrote them that way. And then when we went to the next grade, we got them all wrong so, and nobody ever fixed why we were getting them wrong. So let me tell you what she just said. You get it right when you in church. You get it wrong when you in the world. Because it because in church you got you got other people's faith, you got a, a supernatural charged atmosphere. But when you have to face reality, you get it wrong. Okay. Why? Because you because some of our lives are built on misconceptions. And one of the misconceptions that believers have, and I don't want to jump into it yet, but we're going to show you one of the misconceptions that believers have and why we need to correct this. Okay. So here's what a misconception is. A misconception is simply a belief, 
a viewpoint or an opinion that is incorrect because it is based on a misunderstanding of facts, incorrect information, or faulty reasoning. Hold on. Let, 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 let that sink in because that's a lot right there. A misconception is a belief, a viewpoint, or opinion that is incorrect because it is based on a misunderstanding of facts, incorrect information, or faulty reasoning. Yes. That's a misconception. Yes. And, 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 and we have lots of them in our lives. We have lots of misconceptions. But we have to correct them if we don't want faulty results. That's why Romans 12 and 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. So the work of Romans 12 and 2 is to eradicate misconceptions. Yes. Things that keep us from receiving what God has for us because we have a faulty belief, a faulty viewpoint, or a faulty opinion. Yes. Now, where do misconceptions come from? They arise from a variety of sources. They come from misinformation. They come from lack of knowledge. It, 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 they come from misunderstanding of facts or a misunderstanding of concepts, concepts, right? Right. Misconceptions persist for several reasons. Often because they may be seen because they may seem intuitive. One of the things is when something seems to make sense, our minds gravitate toward it. And in our if our mind gravitates towards it, it holds on to it because it makes sense in one context, but it may not make sense in 10 other concepts. That's good. Con concepts. Now, it says, uh, also, they are reinforced, right, by commonly held myths, the, the myth of I'm, I'm going up the rough side of the mountain. We know because we've studied the Bible that God never called us to be mountain climbers. Amen. He said we are to do what to mountains? Speak, Speak to, to them. them. But we have songs that will reinforce the misconception that we're supposed to be climbing up the rough side. And so we have a commonly held belief that things are supposed to be difficult. They're supposed to be hard. Yes. They're supposed to be mentally draining. And so when, I, when when those things show up, I see them as God. I don't see them as antichrist. And because I don't see them as antichrist, I don't ask God to remove them. And, and, and here's another misconception. God's not going to remove them. God's given me the power to remove them. But see how we have these misconceptions that we hold that impact our language. He says, and it says they are also reinforced because of their continued spread of misinformation, because they are deeply ingrained in certain cultural beliefs or the intuitive appeal of specific incorrect ideas. Okay. What I want you to understand is that we have, and let me say it plainly, some misconceptions that impact our language about our relationship with God. And we have to fix those. I'm not telling you you don't love God. I'm not telling you supernatural things haven't happened for you. I'm not telling you that God has abandoned you. What I'm saying to you is God wants us to go deeper. Put in the comment section, go deeper. Go deeper. Put in the comment section, go deeper. God wants us to go deeper because I want you to talk about the parts you said last night when we were driving home about how God wants so much for us, but how we can obtain it because our language becomes a barrier. Just talk about what you talked about in the car, not from the notes, just about, about how, and if you, do you remember what you said? Kind of, sort of. So, so the, I'll, I'll prompt you and see if you, if okay. you come along then. 
God wants so much for us, but God is not in the habit of violating his own principles, not even for us. Not even for us. And therefore, if there are certain misconceptions that we have about God and his promises, those misconceptions can impact our ability to be a part of the promises that God has already made. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I do. I, re I remember that. So that's why in that scripture, second Peter, it says that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has given them to us. We already have them. One of the other scriptures I mentioned is that Romans 8 and 32, it says, how can he who offered up his own son not freely with him give us all things? It's already done. Everybody should put that in the comments. It's already done. So God has already given us everything we need to live in victory. The challenge is, is that as long as I am talking about what I'm going to receive from God, I am actually not in agreement with God. And the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? Mm -hmm. So when God says, um, by his stripes, you were healed. But I continue to say, God is going to heal me. The problem is, is that I love God. I'm well intended, but I am, I, I, what, what's happening here? I have incorrect information. I have an incorrect a misconception about the language of faith in the community, in the kingdom of God. So I end up being frustrated because I'm like, well, I keep saying by his stripes, I am healed. God is going to heal me. And God has said, but we're not walking together because I already healed you. And it can seem like a small nuance, which is why I love that you gave us the definition of a misconception, right? Because the thing that you said about misconceptions that I think really we get hung up on in the church is deeply ingrained cultural beliefs. Mm -hmm. And when we fundamentally do not know how much God loves us, and we fundamentally do not understand that God has already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. When someone says to us that we should be speaking in the now about what's done, but my body still hurts, the money hasn't shown up. We think we are doing the honest, mature thing by saying that, but we're absolutely out of faith when we do it. Yeah. So when you look at first Peter one and three, we'll talk about these because you brought these up. So let's look at let, Okay, there you go. Let's look at second Peter one and three. It says, as according as his divine power hath given uh, unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And that sounds good, but I want to look at this in, in um, the living Bible. Okay. So look at what it says in the living Bible. It says, for as you know him better. Yes. As you get to know Jesus better, as you get to know God better, as you understand their character better, as you understand what they actually said better, it says he will give you through his great power. What's the next word? Everything. Somebody say everything. He will give you everything you need 
for living a truly good life. It says he even shares. Now, this is the reason that I, I wanted to look at this in the, in the Living Bible. It says he even shares his own glory and his own goodness with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so when we talk about we have everything we need. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Here's the misconception. We don't think we have it yet because we can't see it, because we can't touch it, because we can't smell it, because we can't feel it. We allow our five senses to determine whether God's word is true. And I know that, listen, I've done it. You've done it. We have all done it. There's nobody on this on this broadcast that hasn't done that. We say, well, I'm believing God for. How are we believing God for if God has already said you have? And the misconception is, is I'm believing God for it. And when it shows up, I have it. And that is not the system of the kingdom. And I've, I, I've had the misconception. You have it. And we're going to have to keep battling until we overcorrect this. Why? Because the only way you can correct a misconception is you have to get accurate information. You have to get correct evidence. And that requires education. It requires exposure. And it requires you having a willingness to challenge and to reassess your own personal beliefs. That's why I said to you this morning, God wants to correct us. God wants to chase, chasten us. There's nothing wrong it's it's like it's like you you said this morning when we were talking even you said it's like a coach if you are involved in anything and you have someone who can help you perfect your form if you're a public speaker you want someone to help you perfect your public speaking if you're a teacher you want to want someone to help you help, uh correct your teaching or improve your teaching uh, if you're an athlete, you want someone to improve. You know, even even professional athletes have coaches. Tiger Woods has Tom Brady had two quarterback coaches. Why? Because the goal is to get better and you don't get better without correction. That is why. And I'm going to go back to it one more time. The second part of, of Proverbs 15:32, when it says refusing constructive criticism shows so you, you have, have no interest, interest in improving your life. life. Is this making sense to anybody? Read read this script. Read it out of here. Which one is this? That's 2 Peter 1 and 3 in the Passion Translation. So 2 Peter 1 and 3 out of the Passion Translation says this. Everything we could ever need in life and godliness has already been deposited in us. Okay? Now, now this, they, this, they, this wasn't in the notes, but it's 2 Peter one and three in the Passion Translation. It they says, got it. they got it? It says, everything we could ever need. Listen, we got, we got, you, you, you have to right pause there. right there. You have to learn to pause when God is speaking to you. Everything we could ever need for life. And godliness. And godliness. It has what? Already, already been deposited. Where in us? How by, by divine, his divine, by power. his divine power? It says, "For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by, by name. name." 
and then invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. Now, this is a really important thing. I love what um, Bernita said. She said, saying that God is going to is rooted in a sight issue, not in a faith issue yes. that it's already done. But yes. I really want y'all to think about this. Now, we just read it's deposited in us. Okay? Through his divine power. Through his divine power. It's everything we could ever need is already deposited in us, us by his power. His divine power. So when we ask him to give it to us, we are saying we do not trust that it is deposited in us. Because we have a misconception that is not yet already done. That is not yet in us. Yes. And I, I'll give you a great example of this. The other week I was coming back from um, Maryland and they said that it was going to be a really, really turbulent ride. Now, everybody knows I just started liking the fly, so I certainly don't want there to be any turbulence. And I start to pray about God, don't let there be any turbulence. God say, you say there's no turbulence. I've given you the authority to speak to anything that does not align with heaven. Why are you asking me for what I have given you? And this is why this scripture. Which is another misconception. The misconception is that we are praying for things that we ought to be commanding. We are praying for things that we ought to be walking in yes. authority. Of. Yes. Because once we know the will of yes. God, we should be commanding the earth to do what God said, not begging God to give us what he's already deposited so into So here's us. what it sounds like. And I'm just going to say it like this because this is what it sounds like. When God speaks to you, you understand it. It sounds like this. We should not be praying for healing. We should not be praying for healing. People go, wait a minute. What do you wait, mean? Wait a minute. What do you mean? We should not be praying for healing because the word says by his stripes, we are were healed. Done. Past tense. So that we means are healed today. We he, should he already be, did it. We should be saying to our body, yes, you must obey God's command. Yes. And, and, and I know it seems like semantics, right? It can seem like semantics and people can go, oh, well, I'm saying the same thing. Your words have power and your words have meaning. And that is the reason that we thought this was so important that we didn't even have all this polished and worked out and the notes in the right order and different things before we brought it to you because this has to be corrected. It must be correct. Do you guys see this? Okay, I'm going to give y'all an exa a, a natural example. Let's say that I um, was going on a trip. You were sending me on a trip for something, mm -hmm. for ministry purposes. You're sending me on a trip. And before I leave, you give me cash and you say, use the ministry's card for this. Mm -hmm. Okay. I go to the place. It's time to check into the hotel. And I call you and say, how am I supposed to check into the hotel? Yep. And you say, I already gave you what you need to be on this trip. Yes. I go, okay. I forgot. I forgot. I used the credit card. Now it's time to eat. I call you again. Babe, how am I supposed to eat? Babe, don't you see I'm hungry? Babe, you know I was going to need breakfast. You say, Sean, 
I deposited what you needed before I sent you. And I think this is what we're really missing. God deposited what we needed before he sent us. It was activated when we accepted Jesus, but we are walking around earth as though God did not deposit and provide for us, which also speaks to the misconception that we're saying he's a good father, but we don't actually really believe he's a good father. Absolutely. And you just described the three things that misconceptions do. What do misconceptions do? They impede our knowledge, right? I don't have the knowledge of how I'm going to check into the hotel. I don't have the knowledge of how I'm supposed to eat. Why? Because I have a misconception that I'm supposed to call Edwin and ask him what I'm supposed to do when I already gave you everything you need. The second thing it does is that it impacts our decision making. When you have misconception, it impacts your decision making. You're not able to make the decisions that you should make because you're, you're, you're working off of erroneous or faulty information. So what you're saying is, is that I could be at the hotel only eating continental breakfast when I got the resources to go eat anything I want to eat. Yes. So I'm over here hungry, picking through because all they got over there is pork. But I could have went to a restaurant, sat down and had a full breakfast that was already paid for. But I'm standing here living like I'm an orphan. Yeah. Because, okay. so, so, so let me help you for those of you who are listening to the broadcast who may not have got that. You are living at this level when God expects you to be up here. When he's already made provision for you to be here. But because you have misconceptions, you're living at the continental breakfast level rather than the buffet. This is so good. I literally just heard the Lord say this. Somebody said when they're praying, they've said, Lord, don't you hear me? And he said, no, actually, you don't hear me. You don't hear me. You're saying, Lord, don't the you hear me? The misconception is, is I'm supposed to ask. Now, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm supposed to ask God and expect God to intervene. God says, I'm not intervening in your affairs anymore. I did. Every, I gave you everything. I deposited everything you needed in you. And I get it, and I did it with my divine power, which means it can't be diluted. The problem is, is that you have misconceptions about how this works, which is the third thing it leads to, which is it hinders our progress. It hinders our progress. It because what happens for most of us is we let's take something like healing. Let's go back to healing, right? When I believe healing is already mine. I'm asking God for wisdom not to come heal me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you said healing is already mine. I'm actually only asking him for, for wisdom in my role to play with what he's already done. Because yes. I'm already healed. I'm already healed. I'm already healed. Now, it's not this idea of I'm already healed. So if I'm already healed and I'm diabetic, I can keep eating all the sugar I want. No. Th that, 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 that's, not, that's not it. When he says, I am already healed, I receive that as a present possession. I am healed. Lord, what would you have me to do to be in line with this healing? This is good. Go back to the scripture in the Passion Translation that we just pulled up, 2 Peter 1 and 3. Let's look at this, okay? Because we really want to get this. Somebody say, help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Because we got to tear some things down. Number one, this is not disrespectful to God. God expects us to operate in the authority he has given us. He does. 
Now, look at what this says. It says everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. It's in us in seed form. It says, for all of this was lavished upon us. Now, we know that there's a difference between a, a deposit and something being lavished. Yes. So we ask for wisdom to get what is in deposit form into lavish form. Yes. Does that make sense? It's already, it's, there's already a deposit in me that can break me free from whatever sin is holding me. There is already a deposit in me that can break me free from any sickness, any part. There is already a deposit of my poverty, of my purpose on the inside of me. I now ask for wisdom so that I can get what is in me in deposit seed form into lavish form. And until it's lavishing, I keep seeking wisdom yep. and I keep decreeing and declaring what God has said. But I don't fall back into the trap of asking God to heal me. I don't fall back into the trap of asking God to get me out of debt. I don't fall back into the trap of asking God to repair the relationship. I don't fall back into the habit of asking for what is already done. So when, so for example, when God says we have a prophetic word from July, where God begins to talk about supernatural debt cancellation, mm -hmm. right? So what we got to break up with saying and correcting in our prayer life and our conversation with other people. We don't say anymore, God is going to get us out of debt. Yes. We say we are debt free in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit is revealing the plan. Yes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the held misconception. That is what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to correct in us. So that the gates mm. of heaven that have already been opened, already for been us, open for us, uh, we can access what's already been done. That's why he said, "I." That's why the guiding word says, "Long ago, these things were done, but these are the times I have purpose for you." Why? Because now is where the shift takes place. Somebody ought to put in the comments section, "I'm shifting." Because the truth of it is the shift was never in heaven. The shift is in us. Yes. The shift is in us so that we can get what has been deposited into lavish form. I love um, Tamara Scott said something that was really good that we that everybody ought to write down. Um, if you could scroll up just a little bit and get her comment. And she says, um, basically, she's saying everything is present possession. Heal is a present possession. possession. Debt freedom is a present possession. Yes. Deliverance is a present possession. Prosperity and abundance is a present possession. And then she ends it and says, teach Holy Ghost. It has to be a present possession in order to break up with this misconception. The biggest misconception of the body of Christ is that we are waiting on God to do what he has already done. It is. That's a Selah moment. That's, that, that misconception, right, causes us to uh, have all of these other erroneous things happening in our life, right? They, 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 that, that misunderstanding impedes our knowledge and understanding about God, 
right? Because we read over there earlier where he says, the more you get to know me. Mm -hmm. But if you got a misconception, it hinders you getting to know it. Mm -hmm. And then it also impacts our decision making and mm -hmm. it hinders our progress. Hinders our progress. Because if I don't see this as a present possession, I'm waking up every day looking for God to do it today. He didn't do it today. I'm looking for God to do it tomorrow. He didn't do it tomorrow. I'm looking for God to do it the next day. When God says, I don't, I, I'm confused. We, he said there's going to be an increase in angelic assistance. The angels are going to be able to increase their assistance because now our language is going to be in line with heaven. Oh, that's good. That's good. Angels are sitting around confused when we're talking about God's going to, and they're looking at us and looking at God. I'm like, but but then you already? What 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 do they mean? We we can't even send our angels to go do what they're supposed to do because we're waiting on God to do something. And God says, I've already done this. So here it is be, finished. So here would be a good practical example. Our man of God told us that everybody in our church should make six figures. Yes. So if I do not make six figures, my declaration should be that has already been deposited in me. I am a six figure earner. I get up now expecting God to give me the wisdom to lead me in the places for the favor, for the increase, so that what God has already said in heaven can be seen in the earth. I'm not waiting on God to do yes. it. I am aligning myself with what God has already done. Because the only way that God would allow somebody to release a prophetic word that someone could make six figures is that the six figures already exist. Yes. Now, I said this to you. This is the thing that I remember that I said to you yesterday. I said, you know, the Bible tells us that God is watching over his word, looking to perform it. Mm -hmm. Right. But Jesus says, will he find someone in earth with that kind of faith? Mm -hmm. So the challenge of the enemy is to play with your natural realm to get us to go back to this language of what God is going to do. And so it really is what you talk about in the notes. I'll let you talk about it. It's this battle of beliefs. Yeah. We get into this battle of beliefs. God said this, I don't see this, so I keep saying what I see, and I think I'm going to change what I see by talking about what God is going to do instead of talking about what God has that already is done. Oh, so good. That is perfect. That is, that, that is the issue. The issue is the enemy wants us to be so focused on the temporal realm. And why do we call it temporal? Because anything that is temporal is what? Subject, Subject to change. change. He wants us to focus on the temporal realm and not on the spiritual realm. So it becomes this battle of beliefs. Most born again believers, that is where they struggle. They struggle between accepting the physical evidence, right, of their current circumstances over the spiritual truth they believe. The spiritual truth I believe is that I am out of debt. I have plenty more to put in store. God has given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. The physical reality is my check is not enough to pay all of my bills. So now which one do I believe? Because whichever one I believe is where my life is going to be headed. 
Mm. It, it, it's, it's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get us so focused on the natural that even though we think we're saying something spiritual, we're saying something natural. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> what do I mean? He wants us to be so focused on the natural. I don't have enough to pay my bills that I say something natural like God is going to pay all my bills. But the spirit doesn't say God is going to pay all of my bills. The spirit man knows what God has already paid all my all my bills. As evidenced by Psalm 68 and 19 that says he daily loads me with benefits. As evidenced by the prayer that Jesus gave us that says your daily bread. As evidenced by so many scriptures. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to play in the realm of what you can see to get you to come out of agreement with heaven and then say, I don't understand why it's not happening. And, and hear me, do you love God? Yes. yes. Are you trying to live for God? Yes. yes. The problem is that your, your, your misconception has you to handle, to hold a belief system that keeps you from getting what's deposited into you into being manifested in freedom. Somebody will put this in the comment section. Say, I'm fixing my language. I'm fixing my language. I'm fixing my language. Why do I need to fix my language? Because if I don't, I'm going to continue to struggle between these two opinions. This battle of beliefs. I, 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 we, we're going to struggle between these two opinions and, and we're not going to embrace the spiritual reality that God has already done everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's, it's, really what, it's, it's really what happened when Elijah shows up and he's talking to the people and he says to them, how long are you going to halt between two, two opinions? opinions? First, First Kings 18, 21, he says, how long will you hesitate between two opinions, right? Because if you're hesitating between two opinions, the Revelation says like this, you're neither hot nor cold. And because you're not hot or cold, then what? I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Elijah asked the people, he says, listen, if God be God, then choose God. He says, but if Baal be Baal, then choose him. But stop halting between two opinions. Stop sometimes praying to God. Stop sometimes praying to Baal. Make the decision who you're going to serve. And so we got to stop this halting of our language. And it's, it's not to condemn anybody. It's really to break us free. No, we should be excited about this. We should be this. excited because the Bible says, yo, if you can't take corrective criticism, then you are in no way uh, interested in living the life God has for you. We should absolutely be excited about this because many people have said, God, why hasn't it manifested yes. yet? This really is an answer for prayer for many people because you've said, God, why is it doesn't it manifest? And the truth of it is, it doesn't matter. Like, 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 let me give you this. In James, it says, a double-minded man cannot receive anything from He's God. Unstable. It says you're unstable in, in all, all your ways. So there are some of you that you are like, I want to go to the huddle every month. Why don't I have the money to go to the huddle every month? Because what you say is, which seems in the, in the natural world, it seems so responsible. You say, God is going to send me the money. Mm -hmm. But the moment you say God is going to send you the money, I can almost assure you, you're never going to have the money. 
You have got to say you're not in faith. And here's why I can tell you that you're not in faith. What is faith? Faith is where the will of God is. No. So once you know God's will, God's will is already done. done. If God's That's will good. is already done, then I'm in faith when I know that it's already done. If I'm waiting for it to be done, I am not in faith. It, here's a great example. I talk a lot about how one of the things that the Lord did to break my business into the next level mm -hmm. is that he asked me to sow a $500 mm -hmm. seed every week. In the natural, I did not have $500 a week to sow. I just did not have it. But every day I would say, Father, I thank you for the $500 that you're giving mm -hmm. me. Father, I thank you that it's already Not done. please give me. Not please give me. I'm telling you, it's not just a matter of, of, of semantics. This makes a difference. What you say matters. The Bible says that there is power and life in the, in the there's life and power in our tongue. And this is so important. Because even if I got up on Sunday morning mm -hmm. and I didn't have it mm -hmm. yet, I didn't say I don't have right. it yet. I would say, I know that you give seed to the sower and you give bread to the eater. And I thank you that this, you've asked me to bring this to you. I thank you that I have. A, and, and, and that's what I was going to say earlier. This challenge for the thousand dollar seed, yes. right? Yes. This challenge is an opportunity to use your faith. The reality of it is, is that many of us have never purposely learned to live by faith because we have had enough natural resources to live at a barely level, not a lavish level. Yes. Yes. So you see what I'm saying? But he's lavishly deposited everything in us. He's lavishly deposited. So if I got lavish deposits, all they have lavish on the outside. But I'm living a mediocre existence because I haven't learned to live by faith. Faith says, I believe what God said. Yes. I'm going to keep saying what God said and I'm going to do what God is telling me to do. And I am going to be in expectation. I, like if the Lord tells me to sow X amount of dollars to my man and woman of God, I'm going to sow yes. it. I'm absolutely going to sow it. I believe I receive. And one of the biggest things that's such a challenge for me. I believe I receive is not I believe I receive. I'm going to see it someday. It's not. It, it, again, you got you to gotta fix that misconception. I believe I receive is a present day possession. I believe I receive now. How do I know? Because the Bible tells us that when we pray, we should what? Believe that we receive when? When we pray. Mm -hmm. So when I say back, because what is prayer? I'm saying back to God what God has said. I'm not begging. I'm saying back to God what God has said. By his stripes, we were healed. God, because I were healed, I am healed. So I, I'm, I'm saying back to God what it is he said. And I believe it when? When I say it. I believe it when I say it. And, 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 and I, you know, it's one of the things that I, I love that kind of correction when it comes, because I know that that's the difference. If I was if I was playing baseball, that kind of correction is the difference between hitting a single and a home run. It is. It's, it's the difference in me. And some of us have been hitting singles. And some of us have been hitting doubles, and maybe some of us have been hitting triples. And every now and then, we get a home run. I believe that I believe that God wants His children to step up to every bat, every circumstance, every problem, every situation, and hit a home run every time. Absolutely, because this is the thing. 
everybody take a deep breath because this is a hard thing for us to really understand. God expects us to use the authority he gave us. Mm -hmm. God expects us to use the authority he gave mm -hmm. us. All of our kids have a credit card that they are an authorized user on. They know the, the limits on which they can use that car. Mm -hmm. There is no reason for our kid to ever be any place and not have gas because they already have the authorization to get gas. Do you know what heaven has already authorized you for? Because when you don't know what you've already been authorized for, you will beg for what you already own. My God, which is why Hosea says, my people are destroyed because they have no knowledge. You don't have knowledge of what of what's been, you don't have the knowledge of what you just said. What, what has been, what's, what has been deposited? What is God's promises for you? What, and that's why you gotta have Holy Spirit because he'll tell you what God is saying to you right now. What God is saying to you right now. But if you pull up the rest of that verse, do you have the rest I of that don't. verse? I can get it. The rest of that verse is what's important. It says my people are destroyed yeah. because they have the no priest. knowledge, uh -huh. right? He's going to pull up the rest of it because you need to see this. Are y'all getting something from this teaching? It says, because oh, thou that's, hast, well, no, the, uh, we here, want the truth. Yeah, I, I yeah, it, yeah, yeah uh-huh. Here we go. It says, my people are destroyed because they have no knowledge. You priests have refused to learn, so I will refuse to be a priest for you. You have forgotten the law of your God, so I will forget your children. Mm -hmm. This is, he's saying, there is a law of confession. There is a law of faith. There is a law of seed, time, and harvest. So when we're teaching and you say, my confession don't matter that much, he says, it's not that you don't have knowledge at this point, it's that you have rejected knowledge. And here's the word that Dr. Phil always says, how is that working for you mm -hmm. to just say what you want to say? Right. How is it working for you to keep saying you go get a house keep and a you still don't have keep a house? Book. How, keep it real. How, how is that working for you? Yeah. I can tell you how it's working for you. It's keeping you broke. It's keeping you in struggle. It's keeping your marriage in the same place when it's, the victory has already been deposited in you. You cannot reject the knowledge of God and expect to prosper. Why? Because Proverbs tells us the way of a transgressor is hard. Mm -hmm. So when I will not align my confession with God, I am creating hardness in my life. Yes. When I will not obey God, I am creating hardness in my life. Mm -hmm. That's why Elijah says, listen, why, how long you going to continue to halt between two opinions? If God be God, then choose him. Yeah. And if Baal be Baal, what is him. Baal for you? Living paycheck to paycheck, never having enough money, always going through everything hard, everything struggling. Listen, if you want to choose Baal, I do not recommend, 100% do not recommend. He was like, but as long as you stay halted in these two opinions, you are not going to have what I have deposited in you. And then you will think I'm the one keeping it from you. Yep. God is not keeping it from us.
It's already done. It's already done. God is not keeping it from us. Listen, I want to I want to look at Ephesians 1 and 19 and verse 20 just real quick out of the Living Bible. It says, I pray. And this is my this is literally my prayer for myself. It's my prayer for our family. It's my prayer for this ministry. It's my prayer for everyone I'm connected to, for all of my spiritual sons and daughters. This is my prayer for you. It says, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is Jesus's power the power of God is to those who believe him <coughs> what do we mean believe him not just believe in him because the language here is important he didn't say believe in him who believe him meaning if he says it's already done he says I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great that power is when you start to believe what he has said he says it is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. He says that when, now think about this. He says, when we believe that what, what, what God has declared through the works of Jesus Christ, when we believe that it has already been done because it has been, yes. he says it is the same yes. power in our lives that was used to get Christ up out of the grave and to place him at the right hand of the Father. It's the same power. When we start to believe God, we unleash a power that cannot be defeated. When you want to talk about superheroes, we are superheroes. When we believe what God has said, we become supernatural beings in this natural earth because we cannot be defeated. Because the same power, death, sickness, uh, lack, all of those things that tried to keep Jesus in the grave, free, could not keep him in the grave. The same power, the change that wanted to hold Jesus into hell where he was, it could not hold him. And so he took the keys unleashed the chains, rose back up and threw us the keys on his way back to heaven now, and said, now you have all the same power that I have. Now, what I love about this is that in 2 Peter 1 that we just looked at, mm -hmm. 1 and 3, it says he has given us divine power. Divine. That scripture we just put up there says, it says he will give you through his great power mm -hmm. everything that you need to live a good life. Now, go back to the scripture that was just up there. Ephesians. Ephesians, where he says... Um, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe. Mm -hmm. Keep going. There was another verse. I think it was right verse there. 20. My bad. You, yeah. Verse <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of help in there this video, right? It is the same mighty, mighty power. power. So the divine power that has been deposited in me, it is the same. Somebody put in the comments, same power. Same power. It, 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 it has it has dunamis power. It's the same power. It has rearranging power. Rearranging power. Now, this is so good right here because you need to hear this. This is the prophetic word right here. This same power. Many of us, we have missed it. We have fallen short. This same power has now put us in a season of rebate. Yes. It has put us in a season of recovery. So, yes, we got corrected, but we only got corrected so we could rebound and we could recover. Say, you ought to put that in the comment section. Say, this is my season of rebound and recovery. This is my season of rebound and recovery. Listen, it's 76 of y'all. And if you, if, if you receive it, 
I don't care what you washing clothes, you take, I don't care what you're doing right. You ought to stop and put this in the comments. No, section. this is my season. Now I got to talk about this. I wouldn't normally do this, but y'all notice what kind of shirt he got on today. And I, I'm, I can't even be no, I can't even be um, a hater right now because here's what I want to say. This is exactly um, today. Pastor Ellen is wearing his crimson tint. Look at, look how he go lean back so y'all can see all of it. Right, his crimson tie. Alabama shirt, but I want you to understand this. What happened yesterday in the natural is an example of rebound and recovery. Yeah. They had not beat Georgia. And then what happened yesterday, they showed oh, we up. We had beat in the last two years. We had beat them before. I babe, in the last two years. That's what I'm talking <laughs> okay. about. Just focus on I what just, I'm I want to be clear. Oh, Jesus. Are you go can I use my illustration? Because this ain't your illustration, it's mine. But you're using my team. Go ahead. I got you gotta get it right. What happened is is that they had not won against Georgia in the last what? Two years. Two years. What began to happen is that there began to be some rebounding and some recovery. And they ended up getting a victory yesterday that even some of the experts did not think that they were going to get. You don't need the experts to believe that you can get the victory as long as you aren't halted between two opinions. Mm -hmm. You've got to decide this is my season of rebound, of rebound and, recovery. and recovery. Maybe I didn't understand how to manifest debt freedom in the last season. Maybe I did not understand how um to get to the huddle in the last season but what i have decided today is i agree with god I and what i have decided today I is agree. that i am healthy i do have a sound mind what i have decided today is i am out of debt and all of my needs are met what i have decided today is that i am above and i'm not beneath and so what happens is that when the bill shows up tomorrow to try to pull me back into its ring I'm going to look at that bill and say, I guess you missed the memo. The memo is that God has already provided for me. Yep. I'm already blessed. I'm already increasing. I don't have no reason to lay down and cry. I don't have no reason to ask God, did you hear me? I just keep speaking to my situation saying, I declare you must agree with God's will for my life. It's already done. It's already done. I'm fixing my language and this is my season. A rebound and recovery. This is my season of rebound and recovery. Is there anybody out there who says this is my season of rebound and recovery? Listen, I'm like this. Lord, I thank you for the correction. I thank you. I, I, I do. Lord, I thank you for the correction. I thank you. And, and watch this. I repent for every time I use my words in the wrong way, even when I didn't know I was using them. Come on. And I thank you that it's now my season of rebound and recovery. I thank you that everything I've been delaying through my language is now being accelerated into correction. Because you know what the Bible tells us? The Bible says anytime you can see, hear, and understand, you shall be converted. Mm -hmm. You don't have to spend the rest of the day feeling sad. You don't season. have to spend the rest of the day talking about nope. how much you messed up. Nope. All you got to do is go, oh my God, I see, I season. hear, I understand, I repent, I believe, I receive. And nothing shall be withheld from me that God has already my given me. God, nothing. Nothing. By no any means. No, nothing that God has already given me shall be withheld from me. Amen. Amen. No, nothing. Amen. Nothing. 
by nothing by any means shall be withheld. He, you know, you think about that, right? This what, is so what, where do we get that language from? The tower, the top, the tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that when they came together and they was on with one language and one accord, it said we had to separate them because if they came together on one accord and they came together in one language and they all spoke one language and they all had one common goal and one understanding, he said nothing shall be restrained from them. If we come into agreement with what God has already done and our language lines up to what God has already done, our actions line up to what God has already done. Do you know that terrorizes all of hell because they understand that nothing would be restrained from us? Everything God has already purposed for us, we would have immediate access to and that we would become terrorists to the kingdom of darkness. And so what I heard you say according to that story is that since the Bible tells me that Jesus became poor so that through his poverty, I could become rich. Mm -hmm. So the only reason poverty stays attached to me is that because I have come into agreement with it. Yeah. I believe I'm supposed to be limited. Yeah. I believe that I'm supposed to live paycheck to paycheck. I'm not saying I'm not frustrated with it. I'm not saying I'm not tired of it. I, but I've struggled so long that I have normalized being in that strong, I believe that I am supposed, I love it, Don just put a comment up here, Don lives in the DMV Don literally has come to every huddle except for the time that yeah. she was in Africa, yeah. because Don decided early that Fellowship of Champions was her church and that if we met once a month or twice a month, she was going to be there and she was going to be there because God had provision for her there are other people who say I can't afford to come here's the thing Whatever you agree with is going to be in your yeah, world. Yeah. It's, it's, Ralph took us back to a couple of years ago. Alignment. Plus agreement. Equals what? Advancement. So if I want to advance in the kingdom, if I want to advance in my life, I got to get in alignment with what God has said. And I got to be in agreement with what he has said. What he has said is that it's already done. And so if, I, if, if I'm a partner of FOC and I desire to go to the huddle and you should desire to come to the huddle and you want to come to the huddle, you don't say, I don't know how I'm going to get there. You say, God, I thank you that I have provision to get to the huddle. And I know people do it because when you want to go to the Beyonce concert, you get there. When you want to the, you go to the football game, you get there. You want to go to Vegas and see Usher, you get there. You want to go to Vegas to go to Formula One. You want to go to Florida. You want to go to New York. You want to go to, you get there. When it becomes important, something rises up in you and you agree with it before it ever shows up. Let, let, let me say this, and, and we're going to get ready to, yeah. <laughs> to we're, 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 we're going to get we're, ready we're to sow this morning, morning. Yeah. but I, but, but we, were we were talking about this. When we first um, joined our spiritual family with the bracelet, yep. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, we did not have a lot of disposable income. Right. And we did not know how to use our faith. Right. We didn't. We did not. And when they would do the call where they sow into them, mm -hmm. we did not have a lot of money to sow mm -hmm. into them. But we wanted to be a blessing to them because it just makes sense that anybody who changes your life, you want to bless them. It, 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 it makes that, sense. That to was me. for free. It, makes it just sense makes sense that anybody who changes, your who life. does something to make my life and my children's life better, 
They are worthy of some honor. They are worthy of some honor. So in the beginning, we had to use our faith to go to sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. And we did not always pull it off every time. But as we look back, it was the language that worked against it us. Was. We would begin to say, we're not exactly sure how we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. But when they would But give, we believe in God. But we believe in God. You actually aren't believing nope, God. you're not. You're not believing God. And you God. need to have somebody to tell you that so that you can go, oh, okay. It, you're going to do two things. You're going to get mad and bitter or you're going to get better. And I hope that you get better and go, you know what? I can see how my language has been impacting my manifestation. Absolutely. God has already done and I keep saying I'm believing God for it. Absolutely. And so then we started getting proficient at going, but then we also wanted to be able to sow a seed that signified our appreciation. Mm -hmm. That was our heart. That wasn't what they asked for, but it's the principle that we want to sow a seed that says we appreciate what you have done in our lives. And this is the thing that I think most people where they make the mistake in terms of sowing and leveling up. They say things like, uh, What's that saying that people go when somebody do something, they say something like, I wish it was me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you know, that thing that we say to each other, like, I wish I had it like that. Mm -hmm. Things like mm -hmm. that. Right. We have to be careful when we see somebody walking out the things of God that we don't use that flip language like that. What, what we learn to say is I got next. And you were just talking about how you had asked somebody who had been in the spiritual family a while, what was the biggest seed they had ever sown to mom and dad? And when you heard that seed, you was like, we got next. Yeah. There has to be something in you that doesn't just get mad and bitter, but something that gets better. And you can say, listen, the reality of it is I'm not going to keep watching Dawn fly here every week because she posts that she coming. She posts when she get to the airport. She posts when she landed. I'm not just going to keep sitting here watching that and get bitter. I'm also not going to keep sitting there um, saying things like, I wish I had it like that. I'm going to say, Don got the same God or I got. Or saying Don can do it because Don got it like that. The same lavish deposit that has been de deposited in Don was deposited in you. Amen. We all, God didn't use a different measuring spoon when he was lavishing us with all of his divine power. He gave, he gave, he, he used the same level of, 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 of spoon, if you will, and he dipped it out the same pool of divine power That's and good. gave it all to us equally so that we could have everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. So what we're going to do, he said, the better you get to know him, the better you're going to walk into what he's already done for your life. I love what Kev just said. Put Kev's comment up there. He said, you got to get you some faith gumption. You do. You got to get you some faith gumption. Faith gumption says, I believe I receive it's mine. Based on what God has said. Based on what God not has said. Not just because you want it, because you hope it can happen, and not because you don't think it can for you. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You got to know what God's will is. And we know that God's will is that you would be healthy, that you would have all of your needs taken care of. In fact, the Bible says, be like the birds. They don't even consider. He said, be like the flowers. They ain't concerned. They just grow in the field. They know God will take care of them. He says, if that's how they are, then how much more 
will your heavenly father take care of you? That's so good. He says, I, the psalmist says it like this, God will withhold no good thing from them that walk upright. But we gotta make, we gotta fix the misconceptions. We're talking about living in victory, understanding that it's already done. It is already, it's already done. done. And I want to challenge some done. of you because I feel like the Lord said this. There are some of you who even drive and you drive up and down because you've never asked God for provision to be to come up on Saturday night and spend mm -hmm. the night. Mm -hmm. You don't have to just drive up and down. You literally can use that as a part of your faith. God, I want to go the night before so that I don't have to get up so early so that I can really look around Fayetteville, Northwest Arkansas. I don't have to get up and drive back and forth like forth like that. Money doesn't get to be the boss of me because I have come into agreement with heaven. Amen. I, I think about something that uh, Bishop Anderson. My, 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 my former pastor used to say all the time, and I think about it, it's a, it's a scripture I hadn't heard in a long time, but I, I just I just heard the Holy Spirit say it to me. And it was it's the psalmist when he says, I have been young and I have been old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg for bread. We are not a begging generation. We are not a begging generation. We do not have to be begging God to do something for us that 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 we hope will be done. He says, I've already given to you everything that pertains to life and godliness. It is already done. When Jesus was on that cross, John, I think it's in John, uh, he says, it is finished. It, it is, is finished. finished. It's finished. He wasn't just talking about, he wasn't just talking about going to the cross. He meant everything that we would receive as a result of it. Your healing is finished. Listen, what's finished in your life? We're getting ready to go, but tell us what's finished in your life. I'm going to give you a cheat code. Everything. Everything. I don't even want you to list a bunch of stuff. <laughs> everything. Everything. What's finished in your life? Everything. And if you will walk it out, as we get ready to give today, listen, if you're not a partner of this great ministry, I don't know why not, because, baby, it's some great things on and popping over here. We is popping in heaven over here. But listen, we were laughing about this the other day on at the end. Um, Apostle Tony and Apostle Cynthia invited us to go to dinner with them. Right. And we were laughing when we sat down at the table. Marlowe's, um, Marlowe's Valleys and Williams, you understand what's about to happen here. We sit down at the table and I say to them, I say, listen, I just want to be clear. We're covering dinner tonight. And, um, we're, and they say, no, we invited you. We're covering dinner tonight. And I was like, hmm. And I say to them, there was a time we needed you to cover dinner. So unless we was going to Wendy's, we didn't have no coverage on dinner. And you took us to dinner. We're covering dinner. And listen, baby. They said they were covering it. They, they, said, said, they, they, said, they, they said, said, we got it. They said, we got it. We was like, say less. And then. I went to the bathroom. And you know what happened. And everybody know what happened. when he, If you've been to dinner, you know, we went. Baby, when I, the joy it gave us. When the bill came, when the lady came with the credit card, I told, already, I, told, I, I told her, I said, "Don't bring, don't bring the bill until you already run it. I don't, I, I don't give anybody an opportunity or a chance. Uh, I, I'm taking, I'm taking care of it." And so she did not. And when they can't, when we can't, when they 
when dad saw that, he was stunned. He said, how did you beat me to that? When did you do it? This is the thing I love that he said. Nobody's ever gotten me yep. like this before. Ha! No, nobody's gotten me like this before. He just kept going, man, how'd y'all even do it? He said, I was watching y'all. I was what? Listen, I'm telling you, we are so blessed to be in. And we said to them, the truth of it is, it's our honor to feed you because of how much word you poured mm -hmm. into us. Just this it's, weekend. It, it's our honor to be a blessing to you. And I'm just going to tell you this. Let me tell you what I believe with all my heart. There is no way in the world that you can have a heart to bless your church and your man and woman of God and stay broke. No way. You just can't. You just, there is no, listen, if you say the Bible is very clear when someone communicates the word to you that you should communicate double honor to them. It's what the scripture says. And when you, I remember when we didn't have nothing, when our seed to them was $25 mm -hmm. and we would be talking about how we were going to bless them be. Mm -hmm. We would be talking about how God, if you give us the seed. And one of the things that we really learned to do is that we really learned to show God we were faithful with the seed. And how do you show God you're faithful with the seed? Tithing. Yeah. How do you show God you're faithful with the seed? offering and how do you show God that you're faithful with the seed by sowing seed yep. and I can remember we begin to purpose in our heart that if we had to choose between doing something for us and whether we were going to bless them yep. that we were going to bless them but can I tell you where we live now we don't have to choose we don't have to choose no more we don't have to choose now we spent some years choosing yep we spent some years choosing, but we don't, but, have, to choose. But we don't have to choose no more. Nope. We don't have to choose anymore. And one of the things I'll tell you as we get ready to go is that this is something that I just believe. And I'm going to tell you this because I just believe it's the heart of God. A spiritual family should be like a natural family. Yep. When you're, when you are young, you can't help your mom and daddy do much. That's right. There is not much you can contribute. But when you grow up, there is no way in the world you at your 30, 40, 50 year old self should have went to your grandmama house and your grandmama did all the cooking, all the cleaning and all the grocery shopping because that shows you didn't grow up. One of the marks of growing up is to want to be a person who says, I not just hear what I'm about to say, not just I want to honor you. I must honor you. But we had to move into the place where it wasn't one day we're going to honor them. It's God, we thank you that we're, honor we, we're, we're honoring them. It's, it's already done. Before we ever knew how, we had to say yes. It's really what Ralph B. says to people almost every month. Just say yes to God first. Say yes to God and then give God a chance to be God. Give God a chance to be God. We don't give God a chance to be God. We determine what he can, can't do by our own interpretation. Let him be God. Man, listen. Have y'all been blessed by today? You know what we're going to do. Listen. Put it in the comments what your takeaway is. And make sure you sign up for Project 2024. 
And make sure you sow your seed today because you can't afford not to sow seed. It is a blessing for your life. And sow it with some boldness because the, pro the prophetic word we receive, say God, which we already know because it's in his word. He said he gives seed to who? The sower. And what? And bread to the eater. So you're going to have money to sow and to eat. And money to sow and, and guess eat. what? It's already It's already done. done. Already Everybody done. put this in the comments. Say, I always have seed and bread. I always. I always have seed, have and, seed bread. and bread. The days are gone that there is, that there I is don't a have gap. Yeah. That there is a gap yes. between seed yes. and bread. Those yes. days are gone. Listen, we rebounding and recovering. Baby, listen. I always have seed and bread. I always have enough to sow. I'm glad I got you because because I'm so excited. I need somebody else to be as excited as I am. No, no. And really. I'm glad I got you yeah, because yeah. I'm telling you, it's our season of rebound and recovery. It's our season of rebound God and recovery. Has, God has done some amazing things for us that we have been able to walk into. But I read that the, that the gates of heaven are still open. They're and open. That he's waiting on me to do what I need to do so I can have access to what he's made available. I'm ready. It's Absolutely. my season. It's my time. Absolutely. This my season. So I'm just time. waiting in the comments to see some of y'all things. Put up the giving stuff we have. Oh, y'all, I'm sorry. My bad. Y'all got it up there. Let me catch up. Give a five, push pay, tidally, text to give 833-969-0897. Listen, we are so incredibly excited about what God is doing in this season. We are never going to be the same. This is rebound and recovery. I'm going to tell you this. Listen, I don't use to say this. You ought to get you some seed in the ground today. You do. Baby, you need to get you some seed in the ground today. Listen, if you was on your way to Ryan's, if they still got a Ryan's or a Golden Corral, <laughs> if you was on your way to McAllister's, if you was on your way to Ruth Chris, baby, what you ought not do is eat your seed today. You ought to get you some seed in the ground. If you was going to Ruth Chris, but you need to go to Ryan's instead so you can break off a piece and put you some in the ground. You need you, to get you some that's, seed. That's what we used to do. No, talk about no, it. Because we no, got to go. Go, go ahead. Here, but that's, that, that is the thing that people don't understand. They look at now. But they don't look at when we was like, okay, we would go on vacation to this place, but instead we're going to do a staycation and go to a hotel and let the kids swim in the pool and get them some cupcakes and some hot dogs and have a great time because we need to break off half of this because this is our seed. I don't, don't eat your seed. Don't eat your seed. Don't ever, ever eat your seed. Tell you, now, don't ever, ever eat your seed. Listen, we about to get out of here. But listen, I, I feel led of the Lord to do something. And um, the Marlowe's moved into their house on Praise yesterday. the Lord. And, and, and they are the first of many houses in this season. And there are those of you who are believing for a house. And I believe that the Lord wants us to cover their first house note. Amen. And Fellowship of Champions got in on it. And the Stricklands got in on it. But I believe we need to cover their first house note. Can I see you something? What? It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. I, I, it's I believe, already done. I believe we're going to cover their first house note. And I believe that for those of you. I think it's going to be. Now, I, ain't, I ain't trying to be funny. I think there's enough help to cover the first two. The first two? I think there's enough help to cover the first two. So I just need um, Marlo. He'll let us. Marlo, he, text me what your house note is. Yes. I, 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 and watch this. We it's already done and we'll have it in hand before the first one's due. Before the first one's due. Why? Because it's already done. Because it's already done. So Marlo takes me your um your house note, how much your house note is, and you can text 
um, what's your cash app? Put your cash app in the comments because you want to get in on this. You do. Now the Strickland's go get in on this and Fellowship of Champions is go get in on this. But I want to tell you, there are two things you need to be sewing for. You need to be sewing. It's why FOC so blessed. It's what, baby. I ain't listen. trying to be funny to you. Because when you give, you give to the ministry to be able to be a blessing. When that ministry is a blessing, that blessing comes back on FOC. And you can harvest on that too. But when you make the decision to be a sower into someone like this, into opportunities like this, I'm telling you, that harvest, man, that harvest always comes back so fast. This is um this seed is real specific. It, it's a new house seed, and it's a paid-off mortgage seed. Amen. Paid off mortgage seed. It's a new, it's a, it's a, it's a new house seed, and it's a paid off mortgage seed. That that's what we're sowing today. Um, and new seed, new house seed. So I'm believing for a new house, but I'm also believing for my mortgage to be paid off, whether my house is new or not. So listen, we're sowing, FOC is sowing, Ooh. the Stricklands are sowing, and we're believing God. For something supernatural to happen for the Marlowe's. And what happens for the Marlowe's, God is going to make happen for us. Because God is no respect of person. And it's already done. Already. Y'all, mm. I feel this. I feel this. I feel like it, we're about to come into a season where in Amos it says things going to happen so fast, your head goes spin. Let me prophesy. One blessing after another is what it says. Let so me prophesy. Fast. Let me throw this in here. Cars paid off after cars paid off. Mortgages paid off after mortgages paid off. Yeah. Student loans paid off after yeah. student loans paid off. Yeah. That literally we're going to look around and our head is going to spin and we're going to say, how does a church end up and the whole church is dead, debt free? And we're going to say, it's already done. Because it was already done. Because it was already done. Because it was already done. We walked done. into what was already done. Because we walked into already done. You better hear what I'm saying. We are stepping into a season. That you are literally, Pastor Edwin and I live this. We would sow so much that we would say that what we sold could have bought this. But what we sold could not have done everything that God did. Come on now. Come on. What what we said again, what, what we, we sold could have done this. this thing. So it could have paid for it, the vacation. It could have paid. It could have paid for the car. It could have paid. But what it could not, could have, not done have done was everything that God did. Which was to pay for the car, pay for the vacation, and have money to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Come on. Glory to God. You we can believe. tell we're, we're a little stirred up. We're a little stirred up. So listen. So y'all sold to the Marlowe's so we can know what we need to do to finish this thing. Listen. Did he put it up there? He did. He okay. put, put it. He did. All right. Yeah, he put it over here in the chat. It's Ralph R A F Marlowe, right? Where, where, where it's at? way up there, babe. Oh, okay. It's way up there. Somebody click it on the screen. It's way up there. Because depending on where he put it, only like certain places. There, you, there you go. There Let's you go. put it on the there screen. Listen. So Marlo, y'all count it up and let us know. Then you send us a message and let us know. And then Pastor Ellen said we gonna take care of at least two months of their mortgage. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And on that note, and we can take care of two because I'm gonna take care of one, and I'm sure what everybody else do can take care of one more. The church go take care of one. Well, that's two. So that's three. listen, y'all might not have a mortgage for the first quarter. That's the third. So the church take care of one. The strict ones will take care of one. Everybody else take care of one. Y'all take care of the other. Ninety days. I like it. Yeah, that feels good, right? See now, 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 what Ralph can tell you, and he may not tell you, but what he can tell you, 
is that Ralph sows into our life every month. Now, I, now hear, hear me out. When I say every month, I mean he doesn't miss a month. How could he not miss a month? That dude sets up an automatic payment. I, get, I literally get an automatic seed. We get an automatic seed. You said it right. You said it right, girl. We get an automatic seed every but month. But your money, my money. Hey, so it's but cool. listen, and so and I'm telling you, that harvest will chase you down. It'll chase you down. It'll chase you down at the most, at, at, the, at just the right time, too. Listen, we got to let these people go. So basically. Roll Tide. No. Oh, sorry. My no. bad. My bad. Jesus I, I'm Lord. sorry. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord at <laughs> Alabama Road Tide. <laughs> so now what we're going to do is we're going to cover 90 days of the Marlowe's mortgage. Boom. Boom. It's already done. Boom. All right. We about to go. Y'all have an amazing day. Y'all know all the activities. You better keep coming. Listen, you, it, uh, I think Oral Roberts, you see. Hey, somebody should say, I'm next. That's what you, no, told, that's, that's what you told me to say. You better keep coming. You better be you like, be I'm next. next. You might be next. And your next may come from your boss. Your next may come from your cousin. You don't know where, you don't know where your next go come from. But, but baby, you, you got to be like, I am, I am next. next. It's already done. It's already done. All right. We love y'all. Y'all have an amazing day. We'll see you at all the activities.